Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hey everybody, it's Dave here and Darren. We have a show for you. You just gotta sit back and watch, cause here it comes, your pregame show. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, your 2021 pregame show for the Vikings. everybody how you doing it's dave here and darren whoop that side from the great white north and as you can see behind him it's quite white um has it snowed yet up there buddy yeah we got snow on tuesday little little dusting didn't last it was gone by 10 a.m in the morning yeah, well, white's just the backdrop because i don't have the sweet setup that you viking setup that you do dave well, we can fix that. Anyways, yeah. Let's sp- talk. Speaking of fixing it, we wanted to talk about today or tomorrow's game. The Minnesota Vikings travel to Carolina to attempt to defeat the Carolina Panthers in their home stadium. And speaking of white, they're wearing their all whites. White on top, white on the bottom. I think it is probably their one of their most classic combinations they have presently. Hopefully, like last time they did it, they win. What do you think? That was uh, wasn't that against the Bears you're talking about where they went white? Oh, uh, last year they went uh once. They started with against Tampa, almost won that one, and then they wore yeah. it a few times after that and won. I know that, I know they wore it against the the I'm pretty sure they wore it against the Bears on the road last year when they won in Soldier Field. I'm, I'm almost positive. Okay. Um, and, yeah, but those tricky Vikings, what are they going to be up to this Sunday to madness, thrill us, make us go WTF mm-hmm. every second drive, usually? I don't know. You know, it's just a mystery what, those guys, what that team's going to bring to us tomorrow. Hey, Vikings Rome. We welcome everybody, and I'm sure KHY001001, he may be a Cowboys fan, but who do we play after the bye? The Cowboys. The so D-Town. D-Town. They may be scouting early. And, yeah, it could be. Uh, so, they're welcome. Anybody's welcome to watch. The more the merrier. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. I don't care. Tell Packers fans, as long as they don't troll, they'll get banned if they do. But, <laughs> hey, that happens. So, we're going to Dave's get this a, rolling. Dave's got a quick trigger on the banning Packers fans, dude. <laughs> well, as soon as I can fight it and they get stupid, <laughs> by yeah. all means. All right. We are set up. You wanted to talk about a whole long boat full of stuff today. I did um, wanted to get out, uh, kind of look at what the the Panthers do well and what they they don't do well. Hey, David. Santa. Yeah, <laughs> he's talking about me in the white beard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double doink. Uh, what they do, Is it what the they house? Do well, they're all yes, they all are out. out uh, unfortunately, I think that uh, well, Cam Irving is back in their starting left tackle, so that'll be a plus for the Panthers offensive line. And I believe, ooh, HY0001 is uh, liking the Vikings this weekend. Can't uh-huh. say I agree, but we'll get to that. <laughs> we, we will get to that. But you want to talk about who's out, who's in? You even have the injury report right here. Awesome. Ben Ellison, huge loss for the Vikings. Yeah, good blocking <laughs> tight end. Yeah, yeah uh, whatever. Um, That's all we got. You know, they don't throw the hand, they don't throw to Justin Jefferson either. 
<laughs> oh. But uh, yeah, but the the uh, the the key things were uh, looking at. Of course, McCaffrey is out. That's a huge mm-hmm. loss for the the Panthers. But they've been dealing with that for a few weeks now. Right. Uh, that means Chuba Hubbard from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, will be the starting running back for the Panthers as he has been the past two weeks. And Chuba is uh, a lot. A lot of some people might remember him from his Oklahoma State days, mm-hmm. where he ran for two, two over two thousand yards, two uh, two seasons ago for Oklahoma State, and he had some injury problems last year in that uh, shortened COVID college season, and uh, and that caused him to drop down to the fifth round. The Panthers grabbed him in the fifth round, and now he's starting for them only averaging 3.9 yards per carry. So he's not um, on the surface. It looks like he's a guy that shouldn't kill the Vikings. But uh, I've been, I watched a couple of the, I watched him against the Cowboys and I watched him against last week against the Eagles. And he's a, he's got good vision. Uh, pretty good. Uh, he's not, hasn't hit like there hasn't been the big home run threat that uh, McCaffrey is, but he catches the ball well out of the backfield and he's again. He's a. He's got good vision. He hits the hole pretty well. He's decisive in his runs. And with the way the Vikings have been playing uh, run defense all season, I suspect that uh, they'll have trouble containing him, just like they've had trouble containing every running back they played this year. <laughs> Let's hope not. But uh... hope is not a plan, Dave. As I often say, <laughs> yeah, hope is not a plan. <laughs> all right. That's a. Uh, that's that's kind of a, that's uh, uh, again the McCaffrey is the big thing. Shaq Thompson potentially could be another key loss for the the, li- the Panthers linebackers. Um, Panthers defense. Oh, yes. Their line their linebacker. He's a you know he's a kind of a, he was a guy that uh, he's one of the actually a lot of their linebackers are like this. They've got a lot of six one kind of two twenty five two thirty range linebackers, kind of hybrid linebacker safety types. Not big guys, but they fly to the ball. And Shaq Thompson is one of those guys who's always around the ball. Uh, he's, he, you know, they ask him to do a lot, and he's not going to be doing anything because he won't be playing. Right, and, and uh, he was their leading tackler coming into this game. Sometimes, that, Dave, that's not always a good thing. Um, True. Like Kendrick if you're has, leading... Kendrick has got a lot of tackles, and uh, we know how a lot of them are five, six yards past uh-huh. the line of scrimmage when he makes them. I happen to have that stat. Here we go. Leading tacklers Ooh. playing in this game, you have Kendricks who has fifty-five, and I'm not. I'm okay with the linebacker having it, um, yeah, because a lot of times they're filling holes. They're intended right. to tackle, right? Yep, that's yep. cool. Most of your linebackers should have the most tackles. True, right? he's got fifty-five on the um, Panthers side. Your leading tackler is your corner. Dante Jackson, right? He has Usually 20. that is not a good thing. Usually that's not a good thing. That's like thinking Trey Wayne's leading tackling was a good thing. Well, he may have done some great tackling, had great tackling numbers, but they were at least 10 yards downfield, and it, you know, it sort of defeats the purpose of trying to stop somebody. Yes. Um, and I think Dante Jackson is probably similar. Dante Jackson is a decent cornerback. We'll talk about it more here in a bit. Um but he is their leading tackler. Before that, it was Shaq Thompson, but Shaq Thompson only had 25. So they do have their issues. The Panthers started out 3-0 and and then have lost their next two. So And their 3-0 and were against, you know, relatively cupcake opponents, beat supposedly the in the NFL. Beat, beat the, the Saints, Jets. who aren't a cupcake, but aren't no. the Saints of, uh, of the Breeze days. And they beat the Houston Texans, who also are a cupcake team this year. Mm-hmm. And then lost to the Cowboys. And last week, lost to the Eagles. And I'm sure that the Panthers are going to be pissed about losing mm-hmm. that game because they had it in control, much like the Vikings had the Detroit game in control. And they let the Eagles, the Eagles hang around back. and hang around. And a couple of mistakes were made. Like uh, the big one was a block punt late in the game in Carolina territory, which gave the Eagles the ball at the like the 27 yard line. They got a touchdown, went uh, to go ahead by one point or to go ahead. Then they 
went for two and ended up being up, uh, converted that, and then they won the game by three points. Uh, so that that was those are the Panthers are going to be pissed that they lost that game, but they did it to themselves. Right, and well, on that leads you talk about that to the special team scores. Special team rankings, the only ones I can find are uh, Football Outsiders, and they have the Vikings at 15. This is all four aspects of special teams, kickoffs, punts, punt returns, kickoff returns, all melded into one. And as you can see, Football Outsiders has the Panthers special team at 27. I do know that... PFF track special teams. However, they do not have a composite score. I asked. <laughs> um, it's not available to the public. So, Ooh. Yeah. The, yeah, the the Panthers uh, special teams has uh, got that ranking. Haven't watched that, that too closely, but they they have had some uh, place kicking issues this year, which has hurt them. And um, Gonzalez they, is uh, their kicker. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, he's their kicker now, but he wasn't their kicker to start the season, right. I don't think. Um, and that, that's and it's it's been early in the season too to be changing kickers, but <laughs> but uh, they, they don't they don't get a great deal on the return game. Uh, they like had place kicking issues. Yeah. Uh, whereas the Vikings' uh, place kicking and punting and coverage teams have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, where why they're middle of the pack, I would suspect, is that. Their return game has also gotten very little. Like their kickoff returns, they're when they are yeah. returned, they're not getting very much. And the punt return, D.D. Westbrook has been kind of uh, pretty bad. I'm hoping to see, and I didn't see if he was elevated. And we might not find out till Sunday if Wang Chong, uh, Kene Nguangu, is up because I want to see him start to return some kickoffs. The dude specialized it in, in it in college. He wants to build his career on it. I want to see him get the chance, not, you know, first play of the game, hyperextend his knee. But he was he was practicing this week, I know. But when he makes the final 53, that's up probably to a final decision. That may be game time. So we'll see. I've never seen... Uh... I can't remember a uh, kickoff returner that Viking fans have been as excited to, to see in action. Mm-hmm. Other than Cordell, Cordero Patterson, right, which yeah, we but, knew after he was so good. But now, we're, somebody there is up, anticipated to see. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Is like Wang Patterson, Chong. you were excited because you knew he could take it to the house. Uh, Nwangu is just we're excited because he won't be Amir Abdullah or Amir Smith-Marset. That's or, right. Or whoever, Andre Allison. <laughs> There's a blast from the past. Yep. Uh, Mary, we'll get to, can we come out decisive? But first, Darren yep. wanted to so. talk about how these teams matched up. So, uh, <laughs> Percy Harvin's available. Percy Harvin's past his prime, unfortunately. Um Probably smoking a few doobies right now. Well, which is okay in the NFL today. It wasn't back yep. then. But um, Darren wanted to see how these teams matched up. So let's take a look. Do you want to look at Vikings offense versus Panthers D first? Or? Yes, please. There we go. Bada boom. Yeah. Our offense, all the rankings listed here. You see by PFF. Football Outsiders, Elias Sports Bureau. And if you're not familiar with who Elias Sports Bureau is, they are the company that provides the official stats to the NFL, ESPN, CBS, and everybody else and their brother. When you're looking up stats, that's beyond the, you know, super analytic types like Football Outsiders and PFF. That's the stats you're seeing. Down there on sacks in the red, and when we get to both of these, is uh, how many sacks they've taken. In the white, when we're looking like the Panthers' defense, it's where they rank and how many sacks they've actually um, gotten 
over the first five games. And the line down at the bottom, Vikings have moved from uh, being down by one point to being favored by two and a half as the week went on. The McCaffrey effect, maybe. Maybe. That was that obviously was part of it. But they went up they went up to plus Vikings or yeah, Vikings minus one. Um in the middle of the week, even when McCaffrey was looking like he might play. And it's when then when word was getting out that McCaffrey wasn't gonna play, it shot up to Vikings minus two and a half. Yeah. Looking at the, the offense defensive uh, part of this here, uh, a bit surprised that Pro Football Focus has the Panthers as low as they do. We were talking a bit about this offline or online last last uh, yesterday, Dave, and and that uh, PFF is not convinced with the level of play that the Panthers have faced. That they're as good as their as their you know their stats are. are right. Suggesting. Look at all the other rankings. Even Football yeah. Outsiders have them football second overall, and Elias has them. You can see all the different ones. Yeah. And the, that, uh, yeah. the football outsiders had them at, at, at oh, 2 overall, and uh, mm-hmm. the Buffalo Bills have their number one defense. And and if you've watched the Bills play, play or if you watch the Bills play Sunday night and saw what they did to the Kansas City Chiefs, you'd have to, you know, you wouldn't disagree with them being ranked mm-hmm. number one in, in, in any category. Uh, I, again, I didn't watch the, uh, I haven't, didn't watch the previous three games that the Panthers played, but I did watch the last two. They had a rough go of it against Dallas. Uh, didn't, um, Dallas ran the ball pretty effectively against them as a, as, as a, the most effective anybody has against Carolina. And, uh, you know, they scored well over 30 points and kind of had their, had their, you know, they did whatever they wanted to do, which is kind of what Dallas has been doing this season to a lot of teams. Um, but uh, against Philadelphia, the what I noticed about the Panthers is uh, they're they've got a lot of like some key guys for them, and you you might not uh, obviously Hassan Reddick he's got six and a half sacks this year. He's a he's a guy you got to watch out for. Brian Burns three sacks. So there you got two of their main pass rushers. They're the kind of Daniil Hunter Everson Griffin for the Carolina Panthers. The Vikings offense has to handle them. Another guy that's a key for them is Derek Brown. He was the, you might remember, he was the seventh overall pick in mm-hmm. 2020. Uh, defensive tackle, big space eater. And to me, when I watched, particularly in the Philly game, he occupies a lot of blockers, uh, creates a lot of problems up front with uh, taking up space, clogging running lanes. Uh, he's a guy that looks like last year he was kind of quiet. Uh, I feel it looks like he's kind of he's coming into his own and and really living up to that seventh overall pick situations. You're putting up some of the pressures there from guys. Mm-hmm. Morgan There's Fox is a guy. Three. Yeah, Morgan Fox is a guy that uh, again he's a starting guy for them. You probably don't hear a whole lot about him because you'll be hearing more about Reddick and Burns. But you take a look at the pressures. You know, third overall on the Panthers team. Twelve is pretty good. Have over five games. And um, and uh, if you want if you want a comparison to the Vikings, here are the Vikings' top pressures, and if you add those up, it's about the exact same. Um, and why you have one wow. of, and Tomlinson down at the bottom, they both have seven. So, but it is really it's close. The yeah the the what. What really is for the, the Vikings offense versus the, the Panthers defense, which is what's concerning for a Vikings fan on all of this, is that can the Vikings offensive line, particularly the tackles, whether it's Hill and Derisaw and O'Neal, I think O'Neal will be okay, but they're going to have to handle Burns and Reddick and keep them from harassing Cousins. And the other thing is, can we can the offensive line open up any sort of holes against the Carolina run defense that on paper in most of the rankings is very good against stopping the run uh, we know the Vikings offensive uh, the Vikings offense as far as rushing this year is down considerably uh, mm-hmm. you saw that the I just uh, like last year they were fifth 
overall in yards gained. And this year they're they're 14th. And and football outsiders, like you say, they've got them as the 28th ranked mm-hmm. rushing offense in the NFL, which is really bad and surprising when you consider. Yeah, Cooks missed a couple of games, but we had him for two, two and a half. Madison has Played has been well. solid, not spectacular mm-hmm. what he has done, but the run blocking for the Vikings is is uh, graded uh, pretty poorly, particularly by defensive uh, DVOA, and even to my eyes, they've looked poor. Um, like the the yards that Madison and Cook have had to generate after contact have been substantial. That is not good. You're not seeing these kind of big. With Cook, you know, all you if you if you just give him a crease, some daylight, he can turn that in, into a great gain. Yeah, but as and, you can see here, even his production is down so far yeah. this season. He's only averaging four point four now. Yeah, he's played part of it and part of it with gimped up ankles, and that's killing us. Now he still has. 15 first downs, which is nice. But even PFF isn't giving him the love they normally do. He's average. Their 60 is their average mark, right? Yeah. And you want to be at 70 or better. Well, he didn't have a great game against the Bengals, which was the first game. Uh, was much better the second week against the Cardinals, particularly in the in the first half. Um, and in the uh, the third, you know, he didn't play against Seattle, played uh, half the game against uh, the, the Browns and wasn't particularly effective. So I can see why his rankings would be that low. But I think that the, the reason the rankings are low is that um, partially the Vikings offensive run blocking has been pretty poor all season. And uh, football outsiders is, is indicated that. And, and like I was saying, I'm not seeing a lot of, uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot of big holes for our running backs to run through and I'm not even seeing little holes for them to run through a lot of times. And is that, uh, and, you know, how much of that is the, again the play calling where we're running too much on obvious run situations, which has been a Viking thing for several years now under under Zimmer. But but is it is that that partly the problem? Plus the the run blocking is just not up to par. Um, but you, you got to think that the Vikings to win this game have to have some success running the ball. And uh, the other thing is that with uh, with Cousins last week, Jalen Hurts was he was running for his life a lot of times, uh-huh. but Hurts could get Hurts could get away away from a lot of that because he's a very mobile young guy. Cousins is not that guy. If he faces the same kind of pressure that Hurts did last week, I think we're going to see multiple sacks, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of throwaways, and not a whole lot of success through the air. And okay. I'm I'm not sure. I think Stephen Gilmore. I ha- I couldn't see if he's playing this week or not but if he's playing uh that's another thing to kind of throw into the mix that makes it that's going to make it uh, much more difficult for the vikings to move the ball yeah he's not on the injury report yeah but but he he, it's not an injury thing right they traded for yeah that's right two weeks ago and he was on the physically unable to perform list and i think this week he gets off it but whether he plays or how much he plays i'm not sure i think that's a key thing because uh I assume that they might have him if they want. I don't, they might have him on JJ, right. and then JJ has been a the, he's been the guy in the passing attack this uh, so far in the first five games. He's the guy that they're looking to, that they're throwing to most often. And uh, if they shut him down and we can't run the ball very well, it makes you kind of wonder how the Vikings are going to. Who's that dude? Says next week is the earliest. Good. Good. I'm I'm happy to hear that. Well, you're talking about J.J. J.J. has had 44 targets so far. And you're looking at his stats, obviously. Yeah. Um, Yeah, no. We're going a little bit out of sequence. Adam has been targeted 33 times on almost the identical amount of plays. Adam's had actually had one more play than Justin. And you're looking at his stats. The Panthers that... are going to have fun. It's going to be a question. Why popped up originally the Kubiak-Zimmer um, pictures? I wanted you to ask you about that. Mm-hmm. With Zimmer saying he 
wanted everybody to do their normal bi-week scout and look for tendencies. All right. It seems to us, as we watch the games, that we're getting into ruts. Second and long, hand the ball off. Second and long, hand the ball off. Second and long, hand the ball off. Here, let's throw these passes. Oh, there's too high. Let's no longer throw to Justin Jefferson. Right? (laughs) And it's things that drive the fan, and especially the fan that knows anything about football, absolutely crazy. Do you think that with this whole let's look at our tendencies and go over things and change stuff, that we're going to see changes and improvement come Sunday, especially from Clint in particular. Um, it's too bad to, this would have been another stat to get, but when you, you talk about self-scouting and that's always mm-hmm. done during the bye week. And what are the, what's the Vikings' record uh, after bye weeks under Zimmer? It's pretty piss poor, isn't it? Like they are- no, 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 no. I think it's I think he's won all but two. Hmm. Well, off on that one. It seems like they always lose off. I, I could be wrong. Games. I very well could be wrong. Yeah. But I think it's he's won they always used all to but win. two. They always used to win with Denny Green uh, oh, off yes. the bye week. But, uh, well, it, I, I think you'll see, you better see a few different things tomorrow. If you've been self-scouting and trying to get away from your tendencies, my God, then if, if you don't do that, then why the hell did you do it? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but that never stopped them, Darren. <laughs> yeah. How effective is it going to be? It, uh, well, it, you have to, in order to, uh, even if you do different things and get away from tendencies, you still have to execute. And this team on offense, particularly lately, execution is a, is a big issue. Executing on the, on the blocking, executing on, you know, uh, making the, throwing passes to guys that, that are, are dominating and then you stop doing it. So I, uh, I have my doubts that, that, that the Vikings will be, that this couple of days of cell scouting is going to, you know, really uh, reap a huge amount of rewards uh, for the Vikings against the Panthers. The thing is, though, is that uh, it's the NFL and funny stuff happens every week. You, you think X is going to happen and Y happens. Uh, Vikings are on the road. They've scored a grand total of, uh, uh, well, 23 points in the last two games. Sorry, that's terrible. They've scored a grand total of, they got 19 last week and seven uh, the week before. So that's 26. Math was never very good for me, Dave. So, they, they, so you know, yeah, but that is a pretty low amount of points for an offense that both of us felt should be really explosive coming into the season. And, and Mike Zimmer had mentioned that last year the off, that offense was the most explosive during his tenure, which makes you think that he got uh, that, that was enough for him. Like he, he got spooked by that and pulled back the reins. Well, as we can uh, still see, PFF has him ranked ninth. Football outsiders, not so much. And it's interesting how PFF's different on this. But Elias, it's 11 for passing, 11 for yards. We drop when it comes to rushing because we've already discussed that. And then we're 22nd on points because we can't score shit in the second half. Yeah, there was an interesting, uh, there was one of your... uh, Daily Norseman, old uh, colleagues, or mm-hmm. uh, Eric Thompson, he tweeted out something this week. Uh, uh, Drew Bunting and Ted Glover mentioned it on the Vikings report uh, as well on Friday that uh, the Vikings haven't scored a touchdown in the second half since the first game against the Bengals when uh, Cook ran for a touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know how many uh, drives that there's been. Tw- I think it's been... 28. He mentioned it on yeah. Vikings Hot Take. If you haven't seen it, go back to the Climb in the Pocket YouTube page. Look up Vikings Hot Takes under our videos. You will see it. He talks about, I think it's been 28 drives. And it's punt, 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 field goal, punt, 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 field goal, field goal, missed field goal, punt, 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 field goal, field goal, punt, 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 uh, field goal, field goal. Yeah. Punt, punt, in the game, punt, punt, punt. It's just, it's stuff like that. And it just, bleh. And throw in a couple of turnovers with that. Yeah. Yeah, there was a couple in there. So, 
But they I, switch yeah, sides. Double Doink was talking about making adjustments, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's that's the that's something you're supposed to do in the second you know, during halftime. You you go in there and you you come up with this magic potion that uh, allows your offense and defense to to. Uh, operate more successfully than they did in the first in the half. First half. For the, the defense, the for the most part, they have. The, they let yeah. their first second half touchdown in garbage time last week in like the last three weeks. They've done well. They make that adjustment. The offense, however, eh, hasn't, and that's why Zimmer said, no, we're going to try coming out with script plays in the second half. Yeah, but let's. Hey, they have to try something because they're. They got to do something. In the, Hopefully, in the it second works. Half, but I, th- I think that, you know, it it can't be exactly rocket science. I don't know, uh, but why don't you just get, come up with get the ball into the the, the hands of the guys that can make the playmakers. <laughs> but nobody. <laughs> hey, Stephen from Aussie. Yes. Go, baby. But uh, you, why not? Why not get the the ball into the hands of people who are being <laughs> successful already? Like, cool uh-huh. raise. Like, uh, I don't know. You'd have to, and you'd have to know more about football than than this guy does. But uh, I would be interested to see the all twenty two tape from the Detroit game and to see what the Lions did differently against Jefferson, if anything, that forced the Vikings to not throw to him until very oh, late. Oh no, they went or... to too high. They went yeah. to a too high coverage, and Kirk Cousins yeah, didn't want but, to throw in a too high coverage. Thought the well, risk was too much. I'm sure he he already said it. He said it after the game, on like Monday or whatever. One of his deals, he didn't want to throw. It was, it was too risky. And it's like, oh, you got to be kidding me! And there's ways to defeat the too high coverage. See, this is what drives me absolutely nuts. If you're getting too high coverage, that means the safeties are playing deep and they're covering anybody yep. that's coming deep, right? I.e. Justin Jefferson, who's running, say, a post pattern, right? They're both going to be on him and Kirk Cousins doesn't want to take the chance even though Justin Jefferson, much like Randy Moss used to, would get open. And even if it's contested, he's got a better chance of catching the football. Kirk Cousins didn't want to take that risk, right? So Kirk Cousins usually doinked it down a two-yarder to C.J. Hamm or a screen behind the line of scrimmage that got immediately tackled. Stuff, stupid stuff like that. To defeat too high, it's real simple, right? If your safeties, if both safeties are pulling back with that deep receiver, fine. Use it that way. And then run guys across the middle in that all that space that's wide open now because the safety's just been taken out of the play. And you can actually run guys on the sideline, take the corners out, and you have that middle just absolutely wide open but with nothing but a linebacker defending. And uh, you can kill people on that. Then you're taking that 10, you're taking the intermediate rings, 10 to 20, right? And you're dumping off to Conklin or you're dumping off to K.J. Osborne, right? And you're getting, hey, Kirk Cousins to Osborne for 12 yards, first down, right? And then they do it again. Kirk Cousins to Conklin for 13 yards, first down. They're doing it again. And guess what? They're driving down the field. Hey, right? Until you shorten that field and you don't give the safeties room to pad it when you're in the red zone. And then in the red zone, all things change because then you've got everybody available because they're running basically the same depth of routes and you find the one that's open, Thielen, you know, um, Jefferson, Osborne, um, whoever it is, Conklin, Hell, hand the ball off to C.J. Ham at that point and let him get two yards if you're from the two. Whatever it is, you can defeat it. The question is, does the rookie offensive coordinator, Clint Kubiak, see that? He's in the perfect position. He's up high. 
He's in the booth. He's got the perfect view to see where the open areas are on the field. When I coached at high school, yes, it's high school. I never made it up higher than that um, levels. And then um, at other levels, I'd look for the open holes. That's where I would target, right? Do It's simple. It's football 101. If he can do that, we march down the field and we score points. The question is, does he have the ability to do such? Because so far he has demonstrated he doesn't. In most of the games. In most of the games. The, 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 uh, particularly in the second half. Mm-hmm. The, that's, yeah. I'd, they'll, uh, again, uh, when I talk about the All-22 and you're talking about the ways to beat the, the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the two high safeties, uh, well, what would be interesting to, would be to see what kind of uh, routes when they passed were the Vikings running. Like was, uh, like, I'm sure Jefferson wasn't running a post every play. Uh, there, I'm sure he was running all kinds of different routes, some of which should have been able to beat the coverages that the, pan, that the Lions had because they couldn't cover them in the first This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. First half, right. there was like nobody near him, any except for on that very first catch when he made a great catch on, on, the, right. on the Cousins kind of deep ball. But otherwise, he was he was toasting guys. And uh, that's, uh, I, you know, it's, it's kind of like, so why can't they just – Rinse and repeat that in the second half. I don't think that the until it gets the Lions down coverage really. I don't think that they had him locked down, but they just chose not to throw to him. Well, and uh, if they yeah. do shut it down, that means they're opening something else up. That's right. Yeah, I think the uh, and that's where the OC also, needs to see it. It also doesn't help when uh, when the Vikings they don't do it every drive in the second half, but. Like when they got Detroit to turn it over on downs late in the fourth, they had no intention of doing anything other than settling for a field goal on that drive. Three straight, like two runs and a and a short pass. Cousins got got uh, pressured and he got rid of it quickly. They were based. They were setting themselves up for a chip shot field goal, and Joseph didn't well, make it. It which... wasn't much of a chip shot, but yes, they were setting up for a field goal. And when Cousins went up there and he sat there and waited and waited and waited to spike it, right? He could have run a play. There was enough time. Well, that's not that's not the drive I'm talking about, oh. though. That was the last one in the game. I'm talking about the one before that. Before that, when the, when they when they had to, they got the Detroit turned it over on. Get, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but Detroit turned it over on downs, uh, and we got the ball on their. I don't know what it was, 40-yard line or something like that. That was the one where Joseph came up short on the 49-yarder. The Vikings had no they did, they had no intention of trying to get a touchdown there. It was play it safe, try to kick the field goal. And play it safe did not work. Quang asked, what's the difference between a punt and an interception? Generally, Quang, it's distance. Um, we're kicking our punter, Barry, who's done outstanding Aussie kicker. Um, speaking of Australia, he's an Aussie kicker. He's done outstanding. If he punts nets 50 yards um, to get, you're not going to get a 50-yard interception. 
unless it's a Hail Mary and Kirk actually launches it and has to throw the ball like 60. It it's not the difference. You get the ball gets there further. Plus you have the extra play. You have the third down, second down, whatever it is versus the interception. Hope that clears that up. Also, quarterbacks, no matter what anybody would say, are reluctant to just chuck it up and... Mm-hmm. Unless and their name is Jeff George. Have it intercepted. Uh, they, it just doesn't look good, and then it hurts mm-hmm. their contract. Yeah, and <laughs> you know Kirk around. Cousins wouldn't want to do it. Um, no, no. You wanted to go over the defense. We haven't hit the defense yet. No, we, we haven't, talked, no. We talked about their ratings. We talked about the offensive ratings. Again, PFF has a hard-on for the Panthers. They have them ranked lower. But uh, Football Outsiders doesn't think too much of their offense as well. Yeah, this is is really going to be a game where... Even though the Panthers often... Elias numbers are similar. Yeah. But yeah, the the and the Elias the numbers has just shows uh, that has the Panthers sort of uh, mid mid pack or even a little bit lower as opposed to being god awful like mm-hmm. Football Outsiders and PFF has. But I think that the uh, this one is really what's what's happened. That's particularly the last two games. Sam Darnold he's lost McCaffrey and he's been uh, had. To, faced two teams the cowboys again put uh, made things uncomfortable him in the pocket and the, the eagles were able to get a lot of pressure just by rushing four uh sam darnold is he's he's a mobile guy he can he can get away from pressure he can run a little bit but he just makes a lot of bad mistakes too when bad decisions inaccurate throws when he does get pressured and in the last two games he's thrown five interceptions before these last two games the you know that the there was the narrative was going around is that well Darnold's a new guy you know they got him out of out of the, the you know the circus and uh, with the New York Jets New York. he's got a solid foundation with him in Carolina he's look how great he's doing but the last two games it's been the New York Jets Sam Darnold I'd like to see that Sam Darnold show up tomorrow against the Vikings as well and for that <laughs> to happen though for that to happen I think it's going to be a lot on again Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. And maybe some well-timed uh, 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 blitzes from one of the linebackers, Kendrick's vigil, whoever. I don't even mention Burr anymore because <laughs> he never gets home. <laughs> well, but, you can uh, see they've taken Sam Darnold's taken 14 sacks on the season so far. It's not exceptionally high, but it's higher than Kirk Cousins has. Eight of those have been uh, in the last. Uh, Two, three two games. games as well. When when he hasn't had McCaffrey, uh, they also didn't have Cam Irving last game. But I I think he might be playing this week. Um, again, I, I think that your injury report had him out though. But I'd seen different things this week. But really, like a lot, some quarterbacks, Tom Brady, you try to blitz him or pressure him, it doesn't seem to bother him as much. But Darnold is a guy that can get rattled uh, with pressure. If the Vikings can get the kind of pressure that they've had been able to exert the past two, three games, I think that's going to help them a lot. Um, it would, I would think that, yeah, yeah, double doink. The Jets, Jets Patriots game where uh, Darnold was seeing ghosts. That's that famous quote. Um, I don't know if uh, if Zim and and Belichick are the, have the same kind of defensive philosophies, um, prepare the same way, but. Really, the the Panthers do with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson. They do have two wide receivers who are very good, who can hurt you, particularly uh, Moore. Um, but you got to have time to find those guys. And uh, again, Darnold hasn't had much time the past two weeks, so he's uh, been been a bit inaccurate at times. He's uh, and he's and he's had the five interceptions. Some of those plays have been nice plays by the the people, the, the DBs who have intercepted him, but uh, he has not played very well the past two games. And uh, and I guess the good news for us as a Vikings fan is that the defense, the Vikings defense, even though I'm still not sold on them, um, they are, uh, hey, you look at the points they've given up, the, given up the past three games, not too bad. 17 mm-hmm. against Seattle, 14 against the Browns, and then 16 yeah, last we're week. Hitting, against we're hitting the our Mendoza line. And below it, it's mm-hmm. kind of like, 
but uh, what is it still even with that low point total it, there's been a lot of concerns particularly from me of the run defense still looks pretty shoddy uh and i don't know that looks like it might be a season-long thing even if we do get when mike pierce comes back and um you know, t- tomorrow the you don't have McCaffrey, but it doesn't seem to matter what uh, who the other team runs out against us. The the running back has success. The offensive line has success. Uh, I, you know, as far as blocking our guys, Ben Lieber was asked about this after the game last week, and he talked about, um, yeah, we didn't. We were missing Pierce, but one guy shouldn't be the end all for. Right. Your, your run defense. And he talked about there was some technique things he was seeing from the Vikings where they were messing up, not hitting gaps properly, not crossing the face of the blockers uh, the way they should. And I thought it was pretty interesting. Uh, I didn't understand it all, but he, he, he as a player saw like kind right. of... Not and one that like played big, linebacker. And hopefully yeah. with Barback, we hope to see that improvement because you should have more experienced players there. One of the best defensive players ranked so far this season is Nick Vigil. You have Barr, Kendricks, and Vigil out there. They should be able to fill any holes that are left. The whole idea about the 4-3 is that the front four take up your blockers and open the holes, leave the gaps for the linebackers to fill. In the old days... They were getting runs, and they were going to meet that running back in the hole, right? It's slightly different today because they also there's a lot more passing, um, but they still have that responsibility. And the whole idea is my gap. This is my responsibility. The opposing offense is going to try to block and get a blocker on them to wash them out. What Ben Lieber is talking about is to make sure that they shed those and still fill those gaps. And that's not what we've seen successfully so far at stopping the run game. So how long does it take to gel? Defensive line to gel. As long as it takes. Well, they haven't been gelling too well lately on the run defense stuff, but uh, the pass-wise, at least the, the clearly the, the return of Daniil Hunter and the uh, the fountain of youth that Everson Griffin has found, and now he's starting again. He's taken over the starting job from DJ Wanham, and uh, can't say that uh, I blame. Uh, can't say I disagree with that one one bit. But uh, the pass rush has come to life. Hell of a lot better than it was last year. Very encouraging. But the run defense is still a problem. And if they continue to play run defense like they, they have, um, I think that it's, it, it's, it's just it's, <laughs> it's going to allow Carolina to do, have a more ability to do what they want to do, which is not, have, not allow Hunter and Griffin and whoever and, and whoever else to tee off on him and uh, go after the offensive line and really harass him on passing attempts. Well, uh, it gives the co- other team more life. Oh, yeah. And you don't want to do that. You want to snuff it out as soon as possible, as quick as possible. I don't. I don't see the the Panthers like uh, putting in the. Uh, I don't see the Panthers putting up like a gazillion points on us. But uh, the with points, I think with points going to be hard to come by for the Vikings. At least that's how I feel coming into this game. Uh, really, if if you give up twenty to twenty three, that might be too much. Too much uh, in this one because the Vikings offense certainly has not been explosive in the past couple of games. And uh, so I don't know if they'll be able to to accomplish what Dallas was able to accomplish two games ago against the Panthers' defense. Right. I looked up the line, but I did not look up the over-under. Does any of the fans have it? It's 40-something, which means relatively low scoring. Mm-hmm. Oh. That would be quite low in today's NFL for sure. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Let's pop this up. Come on. Yes, I want to see it. Come on, tell me. 
The over-under is presently 45 and a half. Mm. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. They're looking at like a looking at like a 24 to 20 type game which seems about kind of right mm-hmm. do you think Sam Darnold will keep turning over the football maybe not to the extent that he has the past two weeks because the Vikings aren't uh, creating a lot of turnovers uh, their defensive backs don't have any interceptions the, Hello, the, Eve. the only hey Eve that's a new name. I haven't yep. don't know if I recognize Welcome, that uh, one. Watching the show. Yeah, you know, we got our two uh, interceptions. We've gotten Xavier Woods had one, and then our linebackers have two, and those are the three interceptions we have. Um, and one of them was like an unreal catch by Kendricks last. Oh, week. That, like, was that was beautiful. The, the one hand. That was the best. Yeah, that was the best catch a Vikings made all year, uh, and he's a linebacker. Um, so yeah, I I think that's the Vikings haven't really shown like a, a knack for, for turn, creating turnovers this year. On the other hand, they haven't turned the ball over a ton either, which is nice. But uh, I think that, uh, uh, I think that the, the max we'll see tomorrow will be two uh, and maybe, so I'm hoping for like, I'm thinking Darnold throws one interception and we get a fumble recovery somewhere there too. That's where I think it's, it's going to, and hopefully the Vikings don't turn the ball over themselves and have a clean game that way. So I don't think that Darnold is going to be as, as a turnover happy in that this game as he has last game, just because we haven't, we haven't been that kind of a, a turnover ball hawking type defense so far. But if you pressure him and make him make bad decisions and, and throw things a little bit inaccurately, then you got a shot. But uh, our DBs have to be able to take advantage of those things too. And they, that's kind of something, you know, last year our defensive backs didn't have a really uh, very many interceptions either. Like the, there was only three three interceptions by defensive backs last year. Harrison Hand had one, and uh, and um, Dantzler had the other two. Otherwise, it was a big zilch. Yep. Um, Steven asked, because McCaffrey's out, do we turn our attention to Robbie Anderson? As one of the graphics I did not prepare, I did prepare – for uh, D.J. Moore. D.J. Moore is their leading receiver and should get a lot of work when it comes to tomorrow. Um, Anderson is, I think, the second one, if I remember looking right. But what do you think? Um, The Panthers would be wise to get the ball to him. He's a deep threat. Uh, And as Double Doink is mentioning, uh, with Bashad Breland likely starting again, that's a guy that uh, any team is going to uh, target with mm-hmm. with From your receivers, and he has uh, given up some deep balls as well. So uh, I think Robbie Anderson, I think that the Panthers will try to get the ball to him. They'd be wise to do so. And one of the reasons I think that they will try to do that, not only because it's smart to do so, but Anderson was very upset at the end of last game. Uh, uh, particularly on the game ending, uh, not game ending, but the interception, Darnold, the Darnold's third interception was intended to, to Anderson. It got picked by uh, Nelson from the Eagles. That basically ended the game f- for the Panthers. And Robbie Anderson was very, very upset at the end of the game. He felt that uh, the the Panthers' offense did not uh, they didn't change the routes that they were running, and that they kept kept running the same thing. Sounds familiar. Um, and uh, that the Eagles' defensive backs were sitting on roots, and the Panthers didn't adjust to that. So he was very upset about that. He got asked about it in the press conference this week, and I think that. And then the Brady, Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator for the Panthers, talked about, "Yeah, well, I've got to do better. I've got to do a better job of getting the ball into the hands of my playmakers." So I think that they're going to make a concerted effort to get Anderson the ball. Uh, and we yeah. and we know he can run. We know he's a deep threat. I think he's going to see the ball more if if Darnold gets time to throw it to him. And that hopefully is, he won't. He won't, um, yes. One of the things I wanted to point out, this one with D.J. Moore, he's got 24 first downs. He is one of their primary targets when they're going for first downs. So the defense needs to keep that in mind. And 
be able to defend against. I think the defense will be ready to do both those receivers. And uh, so I'm looking forward to it. But if Breland's starting, and hopefully he's not, because um, from what I gather, uh, um, what's his face? Um, rookie last year. Uh, the Nino, know what's his face? Cam uh, Dantzler. Cam Dantzler is off of COVID protocols. He's, so he's back. So will he start? It's, that's one of those questions. Will Dantzler start? Will Christian Derisaw start? I think we're going to have to wait till tomorrow to find out. I think that Dan, no, well, Dantzler definitely won't. Uh, I don't think Dantzler will start. But they haven't put him in the games unless they've, um, it, well, the last, the previous game uh, against the Browns, Dantzler got put in there. Apparently, Breland had an illness, quote unquote. Right. But it, 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 it came after he had a blown coverage. So there was the speculation that Breland had been uh, benched. benched. We will see if uh, I am not, uh, based on uh, Zimmer's love of veterans and uh, his dislike of, uh, seem- seemingly dislike of Dantzler's play to some degree, I'm not really too uh, jazzed about his chances of starting tomorrow, but uh, I've been wrong often this season, so hopefully I'm wrong on that one. Derisaw, I think it's going to be a timeshare tomorrow. He'll get, uh, again, he'll get some uh, snaps he might play a little bit more than he did last week hopefully i think he this will. would be a, yeah i think this would be a, i think the vikings might be reluctant to throw him in the deep end against the panthers when you got reddick and burns that he has to deal with i think they'd like to ease him into it a bit more but if hill is ineffective uh they might and the offense really isn't moving with hill at left tackle and he's having some big issues handling the pressure from whether it's Reddick or Burns or whoever's rushing against them, then uh, I think that the Vikings might be forced to put Derisaw in there and just keep him in there and just say, hey, it can't get any worse. Right. Uh, Dan, uh, that's a good thing. How much did having COVID take out a Dantzler, and does he need to build that back up again? That's a that's good true. observation. He may, yeah, he may be. I think he, yeah, he may not be 100% physically as far as his conditioning, or he might not be feeling the best. And it might, yeah, that might be a case of uh, they have to limit his snaps because maybe his breathing's a little bit off. Who knows? The fact that we don't know how bad he had it, and so we don't know. But it's a good observation. He did. He did. Speaking of 100%, he did. do we think Cook is? No, he is not 100%. Um, <laughs> but what percent that is? Is it 85%? Is it 90%? Is it 75%? I don't know. I know he, to me, in a very unscientific eye test against Seattle, he looked about 75% to me. 75% Delman Cook. That's He kind of looked like that level to me. Uh, he's had a week and a bit off. Uh, so I think that uh, he'll obviously be a little bit better. Uh, we'll know. I think we'll know after the first few runs from Cook what percent he's at. If he's if he's got the jump, if he's making those cuts explosively, uh, then I think we can feel good about it. The only thing is, when you got an ankle injury, hey Dave, you get one tackle around that area and it gets twisted up, and you go and from ninety percent to to sixty or worse pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's going to be, if Cook gets a large amount of the uh, work in this game, it's going to be pretty hard to avoid him getting in some of those situations. Right. And it's, you know, in the old days we used to tape the heck out of it. But, you know, if I played with ankles, but ankle injuries, but as a lineman, it's not the same as a running back that relies on his ability to cut. Um mm-hmm and do the cutback and be explosive. So and yeah. that's a big part of Cook's game, right? Like yep. the, that ability to cut on a dime and just go boom and change and direction, the, see a hole to the left, and boom, switch, plant, go. Yeah. And and to go from 0 to 100 through the hole. Yeah. That's right. Cooks That's where Cook, Alexander Madison lacks. He does. Did have a 48-yard run last week, though. 
He did. Um, and where he did a little bit of Dalvin Cook cutting and explosiveness himself. In rotation with Cook and Madison. There will always be some sort of rotation. Cook will get some plays off. I think it'll be, we'll have to see how things go, but uh, he might get more, there might be more of a rotation with Cook and Madison this week than normal. Remember the first uh, couple of weeks, Madison had like, yeah, I think he had four carries total. Uh, He was not getting any work at all. And, uh, then against the Browns, it was a lot different because Cook wasn't 100%, and he couldn't take – they were trying to be mindful of that, I think, and split the, the carries a lot more. I think we might see a bit more of that tomorrow. Uh, but if Cook is looking really good and he's and he's cooking and the running game's smoking, I don't think Madison is going to see a whole lot of carries, to be honest, and I'll be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I just want this offense to score points. Um. Oh, yeah, sometimes they do, and rolling up on the knees is the worst part, Dan. And then cutting us, playing defensive end. I, I hated when backs would cut me. It just irritated me to know it. <laughs> um, we're at the end of the show. Yep. How do you think tomorrow is going to go, and what is your prediction? Oh, Dave, I've been so... Uh pessimistic this whole season uh and uh so i apologize to the viewers out there who are have a little bit more optimistic and drink the purple kool-aid maybe a little bit more freely than i do but uh, i i my prediction is that it's going to be uh, 24 14 for the panthers we'll go two and four into the bye uh and thanks steven thanks a lot yeah um where are you from, Australia? Aussies, Stephen? Let us know. Another ugly game. Yeah, I I don't know ugly. I don't mind slobber knocker games too much, but uh, I see twenty four fourteen for the Panthers. Okay. I th- I I called on Wednesday. I think the Vikings win, but I think it's relatively close. It's not going to be a blowout. It's going to be an hopefully an entertaining game, and. Guaranteed, we'll be here watching it. And then right before that final whistle, join CTP Live as we have all four of our regulars back. Me, Jason, Flip, and Matt for the final score. And we're the first post-game show on the air. You join us before you join anybody else. And we'll discuss... The reaction, good or bad. Hopefully it's good. If it's bad, oh, the conversation is going to get heated. And everybody last knows. Week it, last week it was bad, even though it was good. Yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> Port Macquarie, north, north, southwest, east coast. Wow, uh, southwest coast, near God's country. Oh, and three. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Darren, I hope you prove me wrong. Well, let's see. Double Dyke calls 34-21, a high-scoring game. Hopefully, oh, man, that would be a sweet, that would be a sweet, sweet result, Double Dyke. Mm-hmm. I would, the offense scores 34. We only give up 21. That's the I, kind of team that I want the New South Wales. Like I was trying to remember. Okay. Steve and I was in Sydney in 2009, so I should remember all that stuff, but I don't. God, I wanted Sorry. to be stationed there for the longest time. Put yeah, in well, for right. it was a year remote to work as a quality why. assurance on the flight line, and finally get ready to do it. And I was going to get selected, yay! And then they said, "Nope, we're changing it over to contractors." The chief Air Force chief of staff said, "Why should we send military people? It's just a party. They only fly two airplanes in there a week." And I was like, "Yeah, that's why I want to go." Yeah, it'd be fun. I've always wanted to see Australia. It'd be a blast. Yeah, just um, got to deal with the sixteen-hour flight. Other than that, I've you're been good. on long flights before. The problem is right now they they're more locked down on COVID than any other place in the world. Um, other than China, when they welded people into their houses, it's got to be close to that. <laughs> Anyways, with that cheery news, let's. Say our final pieces. What do you have there, Darren? 
I got more. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna weld uh, weld myself into in tomorrow to the my condo to watch the Vikings game <laughs> at 11 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. Uh, I was gonna it, it's getting too late. I, I was gonna mention some interesting uh, late game stats uh, for Kirk Cousins, uh, uh-huh. Mr. Clutch Clutch Kirk. Clutch. But I might have to save, Mr. Clutch might have to save those for for a number of time. Just keep in mind if it's late in the game. And this is a close game, and we need a. The Vikings have the ball, and they need to drive to score to either tie or win it. Mm-hmm. This year, you should feel more confident about Cousins in this situation than you have any of the three previous years that he's played, or the whole uh, ten years I, of his career. Yes. Yeah, it's very surprising to see what he's done uh, in the last drive of the game, in the four games that have come down to the last. You know, where we've needed a score to either tie the game or win it. I'll just put it that. Take a look at the box. Uh, take a look at the play-by-play Vikings fans on the, in our five games this year, and tell me what you what you notice about Cousins and the offense in, in those times. Mm-hmm. Can't do shit the rest of the second half, but that last drive in the second half, <laughs> we're doing okay. Double doink. We're at thirty percent to make the playoffs. We win tomorrow. That jumps up to about forty-two. We keep winning. That goes up even higher, and all There's you have a ton to... of teams, right? A ton of teams, three and two and two and three right now. Two and three, and yeah. Down. And uh, the more you can win, the better. Obviously, this is obvious stuff. The better off you are. The Vikings <laughs> still are not dead, so don't count them out. When people are playing for their football lives, they're plenty motivated. So with that. Skull Vikings! We'll see you tomorrow. Skull Vikings. Woo-hoo! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.